I'm Mike. I am Dave. And this is Between the Lines. And we're back. Hey. We are here. And um, it's hotter than hell outside. Oh, my Lord. Uh, hell has officially spawned forth on the earth, and it is present now in central Pennsylvania. I it think is... I saw... Do you, did you ever see the movie Legend with Tom Cruise? No, I didn't. And the weird-looking uh, devil-like creature with the horns, and now mm. they have a... What is it? A, a dating commercial where... Oh, no. Where Satan dates 2021 or 2020. <laughs> some kind of singles chat type thing. So. That sounds funny. It sounds really funny. Um, so last week we had our Memorial Day episode uh, where we um, bowed down to the veterans of this country and gave them the respect that they deserve. Um, a shout out to the veterans one more time. Um, we'd like to thank them for their service. We'd appreciate it if people would go back and listen to our uh, Memorial Day episode. Um, before that, I believe we talked about... Oh boy, I can't remember. Wow. Wow. I can't remember what we were... Oh, um, it'll come to me. <laughs> Our man, man, my memory. I'm this is what you. happens when you hit uh, the 40s. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 rounding, I'm rounding 40 for sure. I don't remember what we talked about. Hold Go on. ahead and listen to it, then you'll I, know. Do I have pants on today? Yes, I do. Well, shorts, but pants nonetheless. I'm clothed. Oh, yeah. Um, so at any way, we, we encourage you to go back and listen to our other episodes, find out what they were about. Cause we don't know. Um, uh, you can also check us out at, on Facebook at PA between the lines on Twitter at the BTL podcast and at our website, uh, the BTL podcast.com. If you are listening to this on iTunes or iHeartRadio, we welcome you. We are now members of both. Um, so now officially you can find our podcast everywhere, everywhere, you, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, you go into a cave in Afghanistan. Um, there's the podcast sitting right there on the floor. <laughs> we, we do take breaks for the three days, uh, three times a day prayer in, uh, other countries. <laughs> I see. So yeah. there's, you know, we are respectful of that. <laughs> Dumb comment <laughs> off the cuff. <laughs> um, so, uh, this week I think we're going to talk about the, little Long Island elephant that's in the room. Uh, some emails were released by the Washington Post and uh, BuzzFeed and NPR, and apparently a Freedom of Information Act uh, request was submitted, and about 3,000 or so uh, emails um, with correspondence from Dr. Fauci, God King Fauci, um, have been released, and uh, it seems that he may not have been 100% uh, forthwith, yeah. uh, however you want to say it, with information regarding both uh, wearing masks and hydroxychloroquine and so many other things. It seems like, you know, there, there's, a, there's a couple of different ways that you can take this. One, I'd like to think that his he was he really just didn't know what to tell people um so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna go with arkham's razor explanation and that he was just overwhelmed didn't know what to tell people so he made stuff up um to, to try to in you know solace people and and uh kind of give them some things the other end of the coin is that this is neg negligence and or malice and he was covering some things up to cover his own ass yeah, it's one thing. I mean, whenever something like this happens, especially given the time period in which it happened, uh, I mean, it's almost expected that you're going to um, run into some politicizing of something like this. Although situations like this should never be politicized. It no. should become one of the, it's sort of like 9-11. 9-11, you know, there wasn't politicizing going on. It was just, we knew what the issue was. We knew who the enemy was. We... We kind of drew a line in the sand, both as you know, both sides of the house. You know, drew a line in the sand. We certainly are in a different world, though. Yeah. Than we were in two thousand one. Yeah. Um, I feel like the political divide. You know, in two thousand one, you had Democratic 
Americans and Republican Americans that pretty much believed in America. It doesn't seem to be that way anymore. Uh, and, and I'm just going by optics. It seems like there's a that half of the country um, almost, and I'm sure this isn't the actual numbers, but the, the optics are is that half of the country doesn't want this to be a country anymore, that we should just tear it all down um, and start from scratch. Um, and I, I've made that argument before, but it was from a different place. Uh, I always thought that we should tear it down and start with the Constitution and just, you know, um, bare bones Constitution and, you know, felony stuff, murder, mm -hmm. theft. Um, my, my viewpoint's a little different in that I don't think it's a 50-50 split. I think it's more that um, what we've been inundated with for the last couple of years in terms of narratives has been kind of exclusively focused on the fringes mm -hmm. of the argument. So when 90% of your coverage focuses on the fringe, you know, the 50% of the world or the voting populace sees that as, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, if, if you have major news media outlets telling you that uh, every Republican is QAnon yeah. or on the other flip side, if you have Fox News telling you that every Democrat is Antifa, Sure. You know, sure. you're you're in the middle populace is going to find a hard time trying to find a middle road, especially when you have to fight so hard for news, especially in this day and age, because, you know, I, I'd hate to say this, but podcasts like this, people like us are not the norm. Yeah. I'm not saying that we're any better than anybody else. I'm just saying that we took a little bit more time to look into things and we take a little bit more time, not that, to say that we're professionals on any level yeah, no. with any of this, but... I mean, at least we take the time to actually look at both sides of the argument with regards to what's going on. I try to I try to leave a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I guess is the the, the best way to explain it. That you know, there's I I like to think that you know those on the other side of the aisle, your your Nancy Pelosi's, your Chuck Schumer's, that they don't want to destroy America and don't want to see America destroyed and things like that. Um, but sometimes their actions give you that. Well, there's gain of function and there's gain of politics. Yeah, I guess. And, and they're, a, they're a gain of politics type of politician. So um, a good place to start, I think, would be to explain um, the, 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 the biggest thing to come out of these emails has to do with gain of function research in Wuhan. Um, so we've shifted now as a country away from thinking that this occurred naturally through, um, you know, natural overflow uh, into from animals to humans, kind of like avian flu um, uh, or, uh, you, you know, other coronaviruses. And now we've kind of pivoted towards a lab leak theory, yep. which isn't that um, it isn't that hard to believe uh, when all this came out. I want to go back and I'm going to look at our old episodes because I feel like we were the first ones to report on the lab leak theory. Um, and I'm not trying to act like we had some big breaking story, but I remember when this first happened, I believe we had an episode and you can go back. I, I encourage everyone to go back and look. I believe we titled it Corona Rhea um, because everybody had diarrhea of the mouth about coronavirus and everybody was all worried about coronavirus. So we called the episode Coronaria. And I believe in that episode, we read an article about um, the lab workers getting sick in November of 2019, which is the big deal right now is that there, it was found out that uh, workers in the Wuhan lab in China were sent home sick with uh, coronavirus-like symptoms. And back then, at that point, they didn't have a test for coronavirus. So they would have just thought it was the flu. And they, they believe that those workers got infected with coronavirus in the lab. Um, and then they got out and spread it to their families. And their families spread it. And we all know what happened from there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at those episodes and see if I can pull the audio files because I remember that, but it might be the same memories that I have 
of parties from my 20s. You know what I mean? Those same kind of fuzzy, um, don't really know if it actually happened or if it was a dream kind of memory. Um, so I could be completely off on that. But I remember talking about... I was playing beer pong <laughs> and uh, suddenly an outbreak... Because at that point, we had no idea. Yeah. Uh, we, we absolutely, every theory was on the table until uh, Facebook started banning people. Yeah. I was banned for a, a week for saying that it was leaked from a lab. Um, and now, you know, I'd, I'd like to see an apology from Facebook, but I, I guarantee that's not going to happen. Facebook apologize. Yeah. I'd sooner uh, imagine unicorns flying. But yeah, so a year ago, I was, I was banned. Um, I'll have to go back on my timeline because I always say I'm back when I get back <laughs> off of my bands. I'm banned quite frequently from Facebook. Um, and it's never, I'll be honest with you, it's never because, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, you're probably combative or you use bad language. I mean, I'm combative, but I'm not, I'm not in insulting people. It's just a lot of the times yeah. the facts that I use, people don't want to hear. And I'm labeled a conspiracy theorist and all that stuff. Uh, well, when somebody's a drug addict, they don't necessarily always want to hear you tell them that they uh, have a problem. Exactly. So, I mean, I get it. This isn't the same so, context, but... As it turns out, um, when Donald Trump was screaming at the top of his lungs about a lab leak and everybody was saying that he was nuts, he is nuts, but he was right about the lab leak and they just dismissed it because it was coming out of Donald Trump's mouth. Now... I will give them, uh, I will give the other side the benefit of the doubt because Donald Trump, for all of the things that I liked about Donald Trump, one of his downsides was there were, there was a lot of half truths and a lot of embellishment, um, on his part because he's a very hyperbolic personality. Um, and sometimes they were outright lies, whether they were on purpose um, malicious lies or lies of ignorance. Um, I'm not completely sure. Um, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is it could be like a boy that cried wolf type of situation where they were just so, so used to crap spewing out coronavirus is the greatest virus that ever came out. It's the, it's, it's the biggest, most amazing virus. It's, it's very infective. It's a wonderful virus. But he, he says all this stuff all the time, you you, you kind of stop filtering and just block everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as a computer person, if you keep getting spam from the same domain over and over and over again, you're not going to block individual email addresses. You're going to block the whole damn domain. <laughs> so that's what they did. They put up a firewall and blocked everything that came off of that domain and just didn't listen to any of it, um, which is partially his fault. Yeah. Um, and But at the same time, you should always, with something this serious, it should have been... It should have been at least given given the credibility of an investigation. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he did contribute to some degree to the level of, um, of uh, I guess, relevance to people labeled his comments with. I mean, you know, given the f past four years, you know, with his, his unhindered tweeting, yeah, uh, you know, and whatnot. So and I, I can see to some degree where that would have contributed to that. But at the same at the same time, not to say that he's the only person that's been guilty of that. Sure. Even, you know, across the entire spectrum of our government, you know, structure from state to local to federal. So, I mean, you started to say with regards to Fauci, you know, maybe, he, you know, was in a place where he was commenting based off of what he knew. And, yeah. you know, and I, you know understandably it's easier to point fingers at people that I mean but the buck stops somewhere you know the buck does stop somewhere and yeah. you know he, he, would be... he was the celebrity uh, epidemiolo epidemiologist on staff at yeah. that time or still rather yeah. so and he was he was the guy that everybody looked towards he was he knew he was in a position of great importance almost more than the president I would say because he, he was the one that the president was advising the president, so therefore he was above the president as far as um, coronavirus response was concerned. I feel like things were a little bit more, maybe um, without looking back at past comments and press briefings and all that kind of stuff, 
I feel like the head of the CDC at that time, and I can't remember his name. He looked like a... I always... <laughs> whenever I saw him on TV, I always thought he was like the captain of a ship or something because he had like the mutton chops or oh, whatever the Lord. case be. But he he had like the Captain Ahab beard going on. Yeah, I can't on. take somebody serious. But anyways... <laughs> What I was getting at is that it, a lot of the information coming out of the CDC seemed to be a little bit more balanced. Um, it seemed like when Fauci got into the mix, it became a little bit more celebritized. Or, yeah, because or... I, think, I think even from the beginning, the CDC pretty much said that the masks are more placebo. Yeah. Like especially your drugstore masks, the dollar store gas station masks that you buy, or the gators that are single mesh, uh, just a single fiber um, you know, basically they do nothing. Uh, the only thing that they do is if you cough or sneeze, they'll stop mass droplets from, from, you know, big clumps of droplets from getting out. But other than that, there's, you know, a virus is going to pass through those very easily. Well, I was just thinking too, when things really kind of took hold in what the first quarter of 2020, when things really started to spike a bit, I remember the biggest concern was with regards to, um, uh, you know, like the protective equipment. Uh, what's the I can PPE? Never, PPE. Uh, the 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 availability of PPE products to medical staff and yep. how there was a huge drop in that. And then beyond that, with regards to people that were actually in the hospital, the shortage of ventilators and whatnot. So, but then the CDC. I mean, you started reading in the stuff where you know the ventilators really weren't ha- helping at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, this isn't this isn't um, rhetoric. This isn't you know hyperbole. This is you know they were actually stating that yeah. a lot of people weren't benefiting. Uh, people that had been diagnosed with COVID were not benefiting from being on these ventilators. In fact, in some cases, people were getting worse. Yes. As a result of it, so there was th- we didn't know. I think is yeah. the biggest thing. We had no idea what was going on. We didn't. And know. had somebody just come out and said, "Listen." We don't know what this is. We're trying our best to figure yeah. it out. We're going to recommend some things that you're going to hate. But if you would just go with it until we can figure out what the fuck this is. Yeah. You know, uh, in all honesty, I think if they would have went, took that approach and said, hey, this is new to all of us. Um, we can we can respond based on what coronaviruses have done in the past. But this is a respiratory infection. This is different from any other pandemic that we've seen in the last hundred years. So this is severe. We don't know what to expect. We don't know what's going to happen. So let's try this. See if it works. And, you know, we'll we'll change course if it's not working. But for now, this is our our best guess as to what is going to keep you safe and the rest of everybody else safe. So let's try it for a little while and see what happens. If they would have come out and said that, I think a lot of people would have been on board with the masks yeah, um, and said, okay, this is, this is, but we're on, we're on year two of two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. Um, And the masks have not done a damn thing. No. Um, And the one thing that they're, they're talking about is flu numbers are down and they're saying, oh, well, the masks are helping flu numbers. No, they're counting all the fucking Corona deaths. They're counting all the people that normally died from the flu. They're counting that as fucking Corona deaths is yeah, what they're because, doing. I mean, if you look at the list of symptoms, it's easy. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, except for there be a couple of very specific things that you can look for in terms of antibodies. Yeah. The antibody test is by far the most telling of whether or not somebody has already had it, uh, currently has it, whatever the case be. Because even if you have a weakened immune system, to some degree, your, your body's going to react to that foreign entity in your system and it's going to produce antibodies to attack it, whether or not it can overwhelm it yeah. naturally is a question of how healthy you are. But yes. the point of it being is that there were ways that they could find out, but just to go based off of symptoms alone, you know, it was like a needle in a haystack sure. because I mean, you're going into cold season where what typically on, on in a year, you know, we, the big thing I remember like going into the later half of 2020 is that they were comparing a lot of groups were comparing uh, general deaths from pneumonia and flu and, you know, just general things that we become accustomed to in the course of a year. Um, they started comparing the loss from those numbers to the loss of COVID. And they're like, there's really no difference in the loss of, you know, and then, you know, it was just 
there wasn't a lot of clarity. Yeah. There wasn't very much clarity with regards to what this was and what it was actually doing. And now fast forward to where we are now. I think what made it worse, I think it's worse now, not in terms of the effects of COVID, but the effects that the media and the government has had with regards to COVID because they've publicized and politicized and celebritized yeah. everything. So you've got these groups that are like, hey, come to, sub- you'll get a free Subway sandwich if oh. you go get your vaccine or, you know, you know, you. What, there was a stripper club. There was a strip club that was giving discounts to people, uh, free beer, free whatever, you know, you know, for people that would get their vaccine. It's like, no, that. <laughs> at what point do we say, yeah, that's yeah, this, that's, this, that's it not, seems that's a little slimy. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't seem right. You're encouraging. Now, I don't think the government came out and said, "Hey, strip club, go promote no, this." But no. at the same time, at the no. same time. But Joe Biden um, was saying that uh, restaurants and stuff should offer a free beer for people that are getting vaccinated, and and they are pushing incentivizing the vaccinations. And to me, that's kind of creepy that, you, yeah. you know, you're, you're pushing medical treatments on people that, you know, maybe how, how, okay. How is that fair though? Let's say somebody has an allergy yeah. to a vaccination or a medical reason why they can't have the vaccination. Now they don't get the benefits of these, um, incentives, yeah. uh, because, because they're not getting vaccinated because they can't. So now they don't get to participate. Well, what bothered me too is, and I think it's coming up to its end here. I think it's at the end of this month. I think the 28th is when things kind of go back to normal-ish or whatever Mm -hmm. the case be. But one of the things that really bothered me was one of the recent CDC releases with regards to, uh, you know, suggested policy. And one of those being is that if you can provide uh, documentation of your vaccination to your employer, then you can, you know, go full full bore you know without your but yeah. at the same time doesn't that by its very nature exclude other individuals because you're creating a visible marker by you which are. people you're can creating be identified another class. yes and i think i understand why here's my thing i don't blame the cdc for being cautious in how they're going about recommending people do things but we always know that for the agencies that are going to walk in lockstep with government rec- recommendations, they're going to create these gaps, uh, these these gaps. And I don't know if there's – my thing would be is that it's either all or nothing. I, I mean, that's my feeling on it is I, either you tell everybody to wear masks until a set date or you tell them not to wear masks until ever. Yep. You know, it, I don't think it should be in between because whenever you create an in-between disclosure and in, di- in between – area or gray area immediately you're creating um the potential for some kind of uh uh mistreatment of Mm -hmm. an individual and it may not even be coming from the government but on a local level discrimination because we know how people are we know how people are people will see somebody walking around with a mask and the other person walking around (laughs) i actually not to keep jabbering on here but um i somebody had uh made a comment that I still wear a mask just so that people think that I don't support Trump. Huh. <laughs> so, you know. Well, they did, um, I don't know if it was um, Campus Reform or Louder with Crowder or Daily Wire. It was one of those uh, right-wing yeah. uh, YouTube groups. They, they went out to uh, uh, campus and they were asking vaccinated people why they were still wearing their masks. Oh, okay. You're, you're vaccinated. Why yeah. are you still wearing your mask? And they, their, the big, their biggest answer was, we still feel like we have to. We're afraid. Yeah. And that's what we've done is we've we've instilled fear in an, an entire generation or multiple generations, really. Because doesn't take long. No, and these people are irrationally afraid. It's yeah. it's one thing to have rational fear. Yeah. Rational fear is okay. Um, you know, that's survival. That's, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going into this supermarket unmasks, unmasked. I'm going to make sure that I keep my hands to myself. Uh, I usually try my personally, I try to walk around with my hands in my pockets so that I'm not touching a bunch yeah. of stuff. And, you know, so just, it's one thing to be afraid enough 
to be cognizant of your surroundings and realize, okay, I've got to wash my hands. I've got to be careful what I'm touching. No, don't touch my mouth, cover my hands or cover my mouth when I cough, cough into a tissue or something like, you know, it's one thing to be afraid like that. It's another thing to be irrationally afraid to where you, you're afraid to move on. Yeah. Um, you, it's like, um, it's almost like we as a nation, and I and I hate to throw this word or this term out there because of fucking AOC, but it's almost like collectively we have PTSD as a nation. We have post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. from what's gone on, and these yeah. people are they're they're stressed and they're traumatized by what happened, and they're afraid to go back to normal. Kind of like the way and I hate saying this, kind of like the way soldiers have a hard time returning to civilian life. They, they're, they're so yeah. used to putting that uniform on that they don't feel right without that uniform on. Well, you got, I mean, it's sort of like yelling fire in a yeah. in a theater. It's like people are going to run out of the building, you know, kicking and COVID. screaming. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, you're going to have. Uh, I guarantee you, if you yelled COVID in a crowded theater and you yelled fire in a crowded theater, I think COVID would get a larger <laughs> yeah. reaction. Yeah. COVID! <laughs> Everybody breaks out their uh, yeah. portable Lysol sprayers yeah. and starts spraying everything down. Everybody, everybody um, suffocates from all the disinfectant yeah. and aerosol in the air. But I, th- I, I mean, here's the thing: is that I mean, not to. I, I want to get back to the subject itself, like with Fauci and these emails yeah. and such. But the the bigger thing is, is that when. You know, we all have to come to grips with the fact that none of us are going to live forever. Absolutely. So when you come to grips with that fact, then it's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it, it's um, I've gotten through this pandemic uh, just rationalizing it in my head. I live in a small town in, Pens- in, in central Pennsylvania in the middle of nowhere. The chances of me getting this thing are already pretty low. On top of that, I'm... 37 going on 38. I'm relatively healthy. I don't have any heart problems, don't have any lung problems, never had asthma, never had pneumonia. Um, so I'm pretty low on the high risk side yeah. of COVID. So, I mean, there's always the chance that I get a really bad strain or I get a really big viral load or whatever yeah. you want to say about it. And I get a bad infection and I get hospitalized. But the more likely scenario is, is if I even get COVID at all, I haven't gotten a flu in 10 years. Yeah. So the fact that I COVID, the amount of times that I wash my hands and I'm in germs all the time, my risk assessment was is that I'm pretty low on the the, the risk side for uh, COVID. So the, at worst, I might get a severe flu yeah. and be in bed for a week well, or here's, so. Well, here's the weird thing too is that look at, look at influenza when it really was becoming... I'm thinking about when, what, back during the turn of the century, maybe, maybe the 20s or 30s yeah, when influ- early 20s, influenza 30s. was kind of becoming a noter, uh, uh, something of noteworthy or a noteworthy virus that yep. was becoming, a, they were becoming aware of. Um, now look at it in the context of how we treat the flu today. It's a cold. I- essentially. Yeah. You know, you could, if somebody says, I'm just going to stay home from work two days, and fight it off, you know, through some over-the-counter yep. supplements or whatever the case be. Everybody's like, yep, okay, well, just let us know when Whereas you're better and come into work. 80 years ago. Where it, you tell somebody that you're going to stay at home a couple days to fight off COVID. It's like, you'll never be better. Yeah. You're, you're going to be sick the rest. They're, you're going yeah. to kill us all. And, you know, and that's the thing is that they started creating it. The politicizing started getting to the point where it was becoming hyperbole and it mm-hmm. was creating this narrative that people were essentially walking bio bio weapons, you yeah. know, like you're, you're essentially telling your neighbor uh, that or telling somebody's neighbor that your next door neighbor is probably the reason why you're going to die, you know, yeah. you know, and it's like, how, well, do you, if, how are you supposed to act on that? If you don't know any better, if you were, if you remember back to the beginning of the, of the uh, pandemic, if you if you were questioning, not even did not even the people that were outright, um, you know, defying the mask mandates and saying, "Oh, no, I'm not, you know, freedom. I'm not wearing a mask." Yeah. Even those people, but dis- discontinuing those people, even if you were just questioning it, saying, "You know, this is yeah, this is a tissue 
yeah. over my face, right? This isn't going to protect me from anything. Then all of a sudden, oh, you want to you want to kill your grandmother, and you want you want everybody yeah. to die, and you don't you don't care about people. No, uh, I'm just saying, you know, rationally and logically, this is a very thin, fibrous piece yeah. of material. It's not going to keep a virus out. Blah, 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 blah. You're, you know, so they were attacking you, saying you wanted to kill old people and didn't lo- didn't love your grandmother because you didn't want to wear a cloth. And meanwhile, you have five state governors who are probably going to be investigated oh, at absolutely. some point, if not. I, I, I would Cuomo's get, already in even the, if it's not now they're like Whitmer Cuomo Wolf uh, Wolf um, the governor from Newsom. Virginia Newsom I mean there's there's a few on the list but nonetheless you know here they were you know preaching this message you know in and out in and out every day every press briefing yep. every press conference they were preaching this and then they were the ones getting caught on the sidelines traveling abroad to go see family members to yep. do all and it was creating just this huge, 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 uh, just uh, backpedaling. You know this, yeah. this 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 absolute thickness of hypocrisy that was just starting to turn people's stomachs. You know, not to mention, like you said, the people are just like from the get go. You can't infringe on me. Freedom. It's like you know, I don't agree with those people either. No. It's like you yeah. have to. You have to bring some common sense to the table. You part know? of this, part of this freedom that we have, we we do have. I mean, we're not absolutely free. We're we're not. No, we're not. But there's no place better. Yeah. In in my opinion, there's no place that you're more free to be you and go about your everyday life than the United States of America. That being said, that freedom is a contract between you and your fellow civilians. Yeah. I'm gonna let you be free. You let me be free. When shit hits the fan, we're going to have to work together on this freedom thing. We're yeah. going to have to compromise on this freedom thing. Just like, I hate this argument because it's not true, but the fire in a crowded theater thing. It's absolutely not true. You can, there's no law that says you can't say fire in a crowded, you can scream fire all you want. It's been decided in the Supreme Court. You can't be charged. Um, well, Pee Wee Herman know. can play with himself in a crowded <laughs> theater. Exactly. So. <laughs> so you can absolutely yell fire in a crowded theater. Do I, do I recommend it? No. Um, I wouldn't say do it. Some, some municipalities do have a, um, ordinance against, um, disturbing the peace and so on and so forth. You may catch charges. Uh, but those charges, if you fight them, will will get dropped because the Supreme court has ruled specifically on the fire in a crowded theater thing. Um, so that was, that's been debunked. Um, but this freedom thing that we have, there's going to be times when you have to put restraints on that. Yeah. Like we have freedom, but you have to do 65 on the beltway. Yeah. You know, there, there are slight limitations to our freedoms with, which are reasonable and we agree to them, which I think the masks fall into that category. It was a temporary thing that we needed to do in, in an extreme situation in order to get past some things. Now, the way that it was rolled out, I think, could have been done a little bit differently. I don't believe in mask mandates. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in governors, you know, restricting businesses and so on and so forth. If they would have just come out and said, hey, uh, we would really appreciate it if everybody wore a mask until this is all over. Um, and, you know, obviously you have the right not to if you don't want to, but we would really appreciate it and it would help everybody out if you just did it. Yeah. I would have been more apt to comply and I did comply because I don't think Wolf, as much as I hate him, I don't think he actually ever made it a, an actual, tried to make it a law. Some, some states tried to make it a law where um, they wrote an executive order and there were fines if you weren't wearing masks. Well, I, think, like I think, too, with our state is that because we've all, the Pennsylvania has been historically down the middle. Mm-hmm. Like we have more independence in the state of PA than you know most other states do. I mean, most other states it's either red or blue. In yep. Pennsylvania, it's very gold. I mean, just to point that as an example, uh, Joe Jorgensen, who was the third party candidate during the election, actually won an entire county. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania. which was unheard of in anywhere else in the, the U.S. as far as I'm aware. So, I always like to say, and I, I'm not the one that came up with this analogy, but. Um, uh, Pennsylvania, you, you, we, you have, um, Pennsylvania is essentially 
Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and Alabama in between. I, we've had this discussion. I th- somebody said it's Kentucky. Yeah. Because you'll hear the phrase pencil tucky. Yeah. Excuse my pencil tuckian. Yeah. But I think what 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 I was trying to say is that Wolf being where he stood on things, and then we had a predominantly um, Republican uh, state legislature assembly. So yeah. there was a balance there in what people could do. I mean, and now of course, I mean talking about local politics with regards to having officially restricted the governor from being able to extend God. emergency decrees past a certain point without any, you know, and that's uh, not to say I, assembly. Just to talk about that for a second. Um, I think that's great. And I don't want any people always threw it back in my face. Well, that's great. Now that wait till we have a Republican governor and he wants to do something like that. And he can't, my response was good. Good. Yeah. No, no one person, yeah. no matter your, whether you have yep. a D or an R after your name or an independent, doesn't matter. No one should have that much power. I think anything, I mean, if you look at the constitution and what it restricted the president, even from yes, uh, powers of war yep. were restricted. Now, of course, like to your point, I mean, if there's an immediate action that needs to be taken, of yep. course they take it up to the president, but to actually declare war on another nation that falls to Congress reason, to make that decision. The reason we did that was because of Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Uh, during Pearl Harbor, the president had no, he had no power. He had to wait for Congress to, to allow him to use troops. So after Pearl Harbor, they gave the Congressional Presidential Powers Act. I don't know what it's actually called, something along those lines. They gave him the power to use the military for 90 days in response to, um, you know, a threat. Uh, like that. And now it's gone into, he's sending troops into Afghanistan and presidents have abused that, but it was originally put in place so that we would have a way to respond um, immediately to those kind of threats without having to get Congress uh, convened in order to do so. Um, I think the problem is that Congress doesn't do its job the way it should. Did you see about with Texas recently, the whole situation with well, they what, walked out. What, what was on the ballot? Uh, some um, voter voting voter, rights, and then the entire half of the legislature yep. just walked so, out. So, and it, the Democrats didn't have enough votes to kill the bill, so the bill would have passed. So, instead of um, going through the normal thing, they they walked out so that there wouldn't be a quorum, so that they couldn't vote on the issue. So, rather than that's a true attack on democracy. Yeah. Because they're not allowing democracy to go forth. It'd be one thing if they were using a filibuster. Yeah. But they just walked out. They just it, walked it, out. it was dereliction of duty. It was. And um, there were people that said that he should have called the state troopers and, and forced them back into the chambers, which would have been within his power. Um, I think it's good that he didn't I do that. I think it's good that he didn't. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but there were people calling for that. What he did do is he cut their pay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he, rightfully so. Know, he vetoed their pay until they get back into office and pass the bill again, um, which is the way it should work. The way that this democracy works is um, I didn't like it when the Democrats had a majority. They passed a bunch of shit from 2008 to 2016 that I didn't agree with because they had a majority, yeah. at least for the first four years. Yeah. I didn't agree with it, but they got voted in. They had the majority. They can pass whatever they want. What pisses me off is they knew that they didn't have a majority. They knew that they couldn't filibuster. They couldn't do anything to beat the bill. So they just walked out uh, like spoiled two-year-olds and just so that so that there wasn't enough people there to even call a vote. Well, I think, I mean, given the nature of the circumstance, I'm wondering if... Um, I hear motorcycles. If, you know, aside from, uh, aside from cutting pay, I wonder if there's anything on the books in any of the states... Uh, talking about uh, removal from office due to dereliction of duty or just not, you know, people walking away from their their jobs, essentially. I wonder if there's any states that have laws in the books that would... There's There should be something there, but... I mean, it would be the equivalent of you or I leaving our job one day without any notice to our employers, being gone for several days, and then... You know, expecting them to just accept us with open arms. Yeah, or and pay us while yeah, we're Paul Wall exactly. We're uh, nobody else's job works that way. So why should theirs? So why should their job exactly. work that way? Um, so I, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with what he did. Um, 
just to circle oh, circle back. Uh-oh. Circle back, Saki. Um, <laughs> just to come back to uh, what we were talking about with the emails. Um, so essentially, uh, we're, we're kind of running out of time for this episode. So I wanted to get back to um, Rand Paul and Fauci have been duking it out um, over the past cotton month well. or so. Senator yeah, Cotton, Tom Cotton too. Or is it Tom Cotton or Tim Cotton? I always get them mixed. I can't remember. I think it's Tom Cotton. At any, at any rate, it doesn't matter. Um, Senator Cotton. Senator Cotton. Um, <laughs> the distinguished gentleman. Uh, uh, they've been going at it with Fauci over the um, gain-of-function research or alleged gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab in China. And this is from before the, um, before the lab or the email uh, dump uh, that we have of uh, Fauci stuff. So we're going to just play parts of this. It's only four minutes um, so that we're going to pause in between and just comment on some things. But this is uh, Rand Paul um, getting into it with Fauci. This comes from um, NBC News. So here is a clip of that. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D- Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think it's that makes me that feel virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute <clears throat> into the SARS virus is gain-of-function? That is you would not... You in the minority because... At least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it I'm going to pause there. Um, to explain real quick what gain of function is, you're taking a virus, um, COVID-19, and you're seeing uh, what proteins and um, what portions of the virus you can play with in order to make it more infectious. I actually have a uh, definition okay. from the Alliance for Human Research Protection. Uh, gain of function is a euphemism. It's not an actual term that's been coined, but it's a euphemism uh, for biological research aimed at increasing the virulence and lethality of pathogens and viruses. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. that's that's it in a nutshell. So it's basically taking an, exist, an existing uh, uh, pathogen and grafting manipulating it, manipulating it. it to become something else so you're taking essentially the what they're saying is um what's been alleged is in this wuhan lab that they were taking sars-cov-2 um and the sars-cov-1 taking spike proteins from one and putting it in the other which allowed covid-19 which is sars-cov-2 in order to infect um, lung tissue in humans, um, which is now theoretically where we got COVID-19. Back to the video here. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the Wuhan Virology Institute. Do you support sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency and a sub-grant. Do you support the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected. Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Now, that's a good point. Um, I don't think that it was that we were doing the research because. The way that Dr. Fauci explains it is, okay, we knew that SARS-CoV-1 jumped from bats to humans. So 
it would be irresponsible for us not to go to where the infection started with SARS-CoV-1, not SARS-CoV-2, which is uh, what causes COVID-19. But with SARS-CoV-1, it would have been, it would have made sense that we wanted to go over there because that's where the infection starts. That's where the animals are. That's where we want to do the research. That makes sense. But what they were doing is they were taking a virus that was not lethal. Um, I mean, it was lethal, but the lethality of it was... um, In question. In question. Yeah. We knew it could jump, uh, but we didn't know the lethality. So in theory, what they did in this Wuhan lab in China was they took SARS-CoV-1 and they attached some spike proteins to it, uh, or SARS-CoV-2, sorry, and attached some spike proteins to it to see if they could get it to jump to um, to human lung tissue. And I, I guess, you know, from a scientific point of view, what that would do is that would allow you to understand how it jumps to the lung tissue, and then you could reverse engineer it from there and come up with vaccines and so on and so forth and fight it. Um, however, when you give that kind of financing and funding and... Um, research capability to a country like China who actually have incentive to create a bioweapon like that. Um, I don't think that's a good idea. You're talking about, would you, would you give Russia the blueprints to a, a brand new squeaky clean nuclear uh, warhead, you know, because you know, we want to work with them to figure out how to dismantle nuclear warheads. It just doesn't make sense. No. And what's, I don't remember his his name, but uh, I recall the doctor that actually passed away uh, early on in the COVID outbreak uh, from that lab that tried to go public with the information. So, and he was disappeared pretty quickly. Yeah. So, I mean that it, it just, there's too many big question marks there as to, you know, they're it, they're trying to what it is is that they're trying to grab this idea that it was a natural progression of a viral outbreak. Whereas now, chapter two, <laughs> yeah, chapter two has us in a twist right now, where now we're wondering if this was being toyed with in a lab, not just work, not just looked at, but actually being worked on and manipulated and then handled misappropriate or inappropriately to a point to where that's where it got us. I want to see if I can pull up this article because now this is taking a, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but this is taking a bone chilling uh, turn. So let me... China, um, and I want to, oh man, I've lost my 4G. Um, trying to pull up this article, uh, but China has recently threatened that if the United States investigates the lab leak theory, um, that it's going to lead to nuclear war. They're going to launch nukes if we investigate. Uh, I really wish I could get this article to pull up. Um, do you Do you have 4G right now? No, it just dropped out. Yeah, it's it's like China is cutting our phones right now. <laughs> Actually, it's more like Central Pennsylvania is cutting yeah. our phones out. The tree in the backyard <laughs> is blocking the signal. <laughs> oh, come on, get back! Um, but I think what you were saying is I I I vaguely re- remember some of these articles passing through my feeds, and uh, I remember seeing that uh, China is kind of up in arms about the fact that we're investigating this or looking this as a possibility. And they, so. I, I read the, I read the articles and I wish I could pull them up now, but I'm out. I'm, I don't have any internet service right now, but um, China has threatened to, they're, they're already kicking up building more nuclear warheads and they are ramping up for a nuclear war with the United States. If we continue to investigate the lab leak theory, that scares the ever loving shit out of me because now we're in a, you know, 1982, uh, cold war, um, you know, situation with China and Russia was bad enough 
when we were in a Cold War with Russia. China, I don't think, is is calm and collected as Russia is. No. I think they're a little bit more, you know, let's let's launch first and and see what happens. Well, I mean, if the indica- I mean from our past coverage of the CCP and just how they treat their own people. Yeah. I mean, if that's any indication of what they think of the rest of the world, um, you know, they could care less. And I've been saying for a long time that World War 3 is coming and I don't want to be some doom and gloom uh, you know, tinfoil hat kind of guy, but uh, 80 years ago was World War II. 80 years before that was a civil war. 80 years before that was a revolutionary war. Um, there's a pattern in the United States, uh, yeah. you know, that that's pretty, pretty definite. Yeah. Um, and we're at one of those inf- inflection points. What right now? Um and I don't want to say that this is this is new because obviously 80 years before the Revolutionary War, there was no United States. So, but I think the bigger issue too is is that if the the world at large takes interest in this, mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, if NATO or the European Union, uh, you know, if everybody was affected by this, this wasn't, you know one to one this wasn't a one-off no. you know situation this was this wasn't china versus the u.s this was the world now what i think it's going to take to keep china in check is i think russia uh would have to join the bandwagon against because if it's the world versus china china's not going to come out of that very well no you know china china has a big footprint but if it's the world versus China, I, I really don't see how they're going to. At come the out same of it. time, we don't want any of that to happen. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. But my my point is, is to avoid to avoid that. I think I think Russia is going to have to swallow its pride, and United States is going to have to swallow its pride, and they're going to have to work together against China. I don't know necessarily see that happening because Russia and China are pretty close. See the but, the only way this gets resolved is if there's if there's transparency around the lab itself what actually occurred there and they allow for an investigation to happen cuz here's what it boils down to is that whenever they start putting up the firewalls that immediately creates culpability yep immediately as soon as you have any reason to block out any kind of investigative journalism, as soon as you block out any kind of um, audits of any sort, you know. Well, I think they they said in with with SARS, we had we found the animal host within four months. With MERS, we found the animal host within nine months, and now we're COVID nineteen. We're eighteen months now, and we haven't found the animal host. What does that tell you? Yeah. Anytime that we've had a coronavirus jump from animal to human, we've found the host animal pretty quickly. Yeah. We haven't found that animal yet. Yeah. You would think that China would have a vested interest in producing said animal. If if this was a um a jump from animal to human, then China would be the first ones that would want to say, "Hey, we found the fucking bat. It's right here." Yeah. Um. And and give it to us. But eighteen months and we haven't had that yet. So that the lab leak theory is becoming more and more plausible. What we have to do is we have to tiptoe around China. Yeah. And you know, the more that they block us out, the more obvious it's going to be. Now the question is, was this an accident or was this malicious? Yeah. They're basically pleading the Fifth Amendment right now is what they're doing. What they're doing, which is which is fine, but they don't have a Fifth Amendment, so yeah. they can fuck right the fuck off. <laughs> <clears throat> but here, here's the thing. That's a legal term, by the way. <laughs> yeah, fuck right the fuck off. That's that's a legal definition, uh, mens rea or something like that. I don't know. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, the bigger point is, is um, China has some misplaining to do. Yeah. I mean, really, and the the chickens are coming home to roost. I mean, if we do discover that it was a leak, I mean, it's going to be next to near impossible to establish that it was an accident. Yeah. A motive motive in something this big, if it becomes, 
if it comes to fruition, if it becomes substantiated, you know, establishing motive is going to be almost a moot point. It, it's, I honestly think motive is pretty obvious. China has stated over and over and over again that it wants to be the number one world power by 2030. Uh, no, so 2025. It's 2020. 2021 now. We're closing up on that date. They want to be the sole economic power in the world by 2025. So what's the quickest way to tank every economy in the world? You elect a president who basically outsources everything to that country. Exactly. <laughs> through executive order. So the worst thing that happened to China was Trump. Yeah. He started putting sanctions on them. They they couldn't they couldn't do their China thing. They were losing. All of a sudden, virus comes out. A yeah. year before, not even a year before the next election, yeah. uh, tanks our economy, uh, kills almost a million of our citizens. Um, you know what do you what do you? It's it's not that difficult to connect the dots, yeah. you know, and it, it doesn't take a conspiracy theorist or a tinfoil hat guy um, to sit back and, you know, use common sense and say, boy, this looks fishy, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, w one thing I came to was thinking about the other day is uh, just with regards to uh, our current um geriatrics patient yeah. of, a patient, of a president and uh, I was thinking about you know there there are a number of Democrats out there that, and Republicans and probably people in the middle that voted for him to be in office and if they've come to the point where they're like you know what you know maybe we just chose him because he was the only choice at the, the time because quite honestly he wouldn't have been able to face off against anybody else normally i mean the only reason why he got in the office let's face it you know people can yell and scream about it as much as they want is just because people didn't like trump yeah he, he they didn't vote for joe biden they voted for not trump yeah exactly i mean biden by on his own merits would have wait, 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 you're getting nervous man calm down it's okay <laughs> but, but what i was trying to get at is that uh you know if you come to a point where you're like okay so we voted for an idiot but we come to grips to that what i'm seeing is that people don't want to come to grips with that no. we're only six months in and i'm I, i'd be confident to say that he's making jimmy carter look like jfk oh my god he's making jimmy carter look like reagan yeah you, you know what i mean in comparison he's making jimmy carter look competent i would take i would take fucking millard fillmore at this point <laughs> Fair enough. barney frank yeah like it's it's like are you kidding me you know, President Dwayne The Rock Johnson doesn't sound so fucking bad. No, no. You, you know, uh, compared to, to compared to Biden, um, people say, oh, well, they could use the 25th Amendment, but then Kamala Harris would get in office and she's not much better. At least she's not fucking has. She doesn't have dementia. At yeah. least the decision she's making would be hers. Yeah. And not whatever fucking is barking in Joe's hearing aid. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's picking up CB right now. Yeah. That's what I, he's like. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But, uh, but you know, to that point, you know, being that I think the people are at a point where they just don't want to accept any truth that they didn't vote for. Yeah. You know, and, and I say truth in quotation marks. So any truth that we voted for, we don't want to examine that because this is our truth and that's how it's going to be. But going beyond that, you know, now we have that body of individuals who are running this country that are basically throwing everything back into the lap of China, essentially, with regards to economics and... I'd love to do a poll. I'd love to find out how many people that voted for Biden are having buyer's remorse. I'm sure there's a few. I'm sure that there are people that had buyer's remorse with Trump. I mean, oh, I guarantee it. Every Everybody that votes for a president is all... Some some people are going to have buyer's remorse, but I'd love to see the numbers um, of people that voted for Biden. And then I'd love to see the numbers of vote, people that voted for Biden just because it wasn't Trump. Yeah, They didn't vote for Biden. They just voted against Trump yeah. and how they feel about their decision now. Because he's never really held... I mean, if you think of Joe Biden... I mean, he's been around long enough for everybody to know who the heck he is. It's not like he's some new upstart. I that, got you know, to the Senate 180 years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's been, so while well, he's been there a while. So, you know, that being said, you know, 
we're it shouldn't come as a surprise to us who he is as an individual. It's not no. like he's going to he he is the old dog that's not going to learn new tricks. Nope. Not by any stretch or measure. Um, you know, but it is what to it is. To that point, I think that's a good place to stop. Um I guess the overarching theme of of this is it's okay to question things. Uh, maybe if Facebook wasn't banning people for asking questions a year ago, we might be closer to an answer on the lab leak thing. Now, um, this is why those fact checkers are bullshit. Because all those fact checks that were, oh, this lab, or the, the lab leak theory has been debunked. By who? And, and, and why? Yeah. Because now we're at a point where we realize it's not really debunked. So all that debunking and all that fact checking that they did was bullshit. Yeah. And that's just one instance of it. I know there's there's been tons of instances where I put shit on Facebook and they call it bullshit where I know that it's true because I can I can look at the facts, I can look at the numbers and and see with data that it's that it's true. Um but that's that's the problem with the world we live in now is that facts just aren't good enough. Well, I am thinking uh you know, if we just go back like 15 or 20 years, you know, the, the one fact-checking agency that was out there that everybody knew of was Snopes. Yeah. Snopes was the only agency out there that anybody really knew about. I mean, I'm sure there were others, but they were one of the few that you say Snopes and you're like, "Oh yeah, I know who that is." So, and you didn't really question because the amount of stuff that they were talking about, yeah. It they were they came about really in all honesty they came about to Snopes started because of all of the fake celebrity deaths yeah every every week Morgan Freeman was dying uh, the <laughs> the rock died like four times they were trying to spell Mandela effects <laughs> yeah exactly so what they were doing was is they were that's how they started with with quelling uh, the fake celebrity deaths that were happening all over Facebook yeah. and stuff like that that's how Snopes got started yeah. Um, and then it started going into um, no uh, celebrity. This certain celebrity never, never did this. Or the, and then they they got kind of into the pop culture realm. And then Donald Trump became president, and all of a sudden they started fact checking politics. It's dangerous to fact check politics because most politics are opinion, and yeah. you can't fact check an opinion. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, it, it means one thing to fact check. You know, it's it's one thing if you're like egregiously putting a lie out there about stuff, but yeah. you know, there a lot of the, the fact checking turns, you know, so you'll have your body of fact and then you'll have your body of opinion surrounding the fact. It seems like they spend more time attacking the fact yeah. than just the opinion. And they would twist it too. Yeah. Like if Donald Trump came out and said, we have a wonderful sky. The sky is blue. I love our <laughs> wonderful blue sky. Snopes would come out and say, well, it's not actually true. The sky is not blue. What happens is the light refracting off the light from the sun refracts off of the atmosphere, and the only uh, color that's absorbed by the atmosphere is blue. So that's the or the only the only color that's not absorbed by the atmosphere is blue. So we're actually just seeing reflective light. Yeah, the sky's fucking blue. Yeah, you look up, the sky's blue. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but because Donald Trump said it, they have to go around this big elaborate thing as to why it's not actually blue. The sky is clear, but because of the angle with which the light hits it, it reflects every color but blue. In other words, they're abstracting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then they, they call that mixed. Yeah. <laughs> How can something be a mix of true and false? I'll let you... Snopes, I like mixed drinks, so... Uh... <laughs> That's you just shove a, it up your ass. That's just an example. At any rate, um, you can find us on Facebook at PA, uh, PA Between the Lines, on Twitter at the BTL Podcast. You can visit our website. I encourage everyone to head out to our website, thebtlpodcast.com. It's got a lot of good stuff there. Uh, we still have the stuff posted up about the, the, the Uyghur genocides. We have some contact forums if you wanted to get a hold of us, if there's topics that you would like us to. Um, to talk about um we take requests believe it or not um so you can go on to our website um between the lines.com click on the contact us page and leave a mention um about what you'd like us to talk about if there's a certain topic you'd like to hear um also just give us a shout out if there's if there's something that we said that's absolutely false feel free to fact check us um we will review it and tell you to fuck right the hell off 
Um, so <laughs> just go to uh, thebtlpodcast.com and uh, just check out all the hard work we've done. I'd like to give a shout out to Postal Productions. Uh, you can go to postalproductions.com um, or you can email. Um, I'm not going to give you the email because I forget it off the top of my head. Um, I believe... I'm not even going to do it because I don't want to give out the wrong email address. Just go to postalproductions.com. We have links on our website. Um, They host our website and they do a great job. Security is phenomenal. Um, The pricing is reasonable. Uh, So I just encourage everyone to go check out the web hosting at postalproductions.com. I guess we've paid the bills. Uh, We've said our goodbyes. Uh, Anything, anything for the good of the, for the good of the country. Uh, put on your tinfoil hats and uh, have a beer. <laughs> and have a nice weekend, I guess. I don't know. All right. Everyone have a great week. Um, just stay sane. Don't don't be dumb. Um, yeah. and, and stay calm. Everyone have a great week. Bye. Bye.